How's it going, everybody? Welcome to another Baseball America podcast. This is Carlos Calazo hosting today. On the line, I've got Kyle Glazer here to break, break things down. Kyle, how's it going, man? Doing all right. Just uh, out here covering Team USA in Arizona and uh, the Arizona Falling, but also obviously keeping a close eye on everything happening at the World Series. Like I said, that, that's the point of everything we do, winning mm-hmm. championships at the big league level. So it's been fun to see some guys we've written about over the years really take center stage from uh, the big prospects to the lesser knowns like the Jose Urquides of the world. Yeah, no doubt. And, and we've had a pretty good series so far early on. It was looking like the Nationals might be on the verge of making quick work of the, the presumed favorites taking a, a 2-0 lead. But of course, it's never that simple. The Astros headed to Washington and did exactly what they needed to do. Uh, went 3-0 there, now take a series lead. Uh, 3-2 heading back to Minute Maid Park. So they just need to win one of these next two games. You'd think they're in pretty good position now, but but we've seen it back and forth. We've seen bats go cold. We've seen bats warm up. Um, Kyle, what have you thought about basically the last, I guess, the last two games, or probably the last two that we haven't podcasted about, and, and just the series as it stands right now? I mean, it was only a matter of time before the Astros' bats woke up. I've talked about this on previous podcasts. We've written about it. This was the best offense in baseball, batting average on base percentage, slugging percentage. I've talked a lot about their situational hitting. They also led the majors in walks, led the majors in sacrifice flies. They can do so many different things to hurt you. And look, Steven Strasburg and Max Scherzer, well, reverse order, I should say, Max Scherzer and Steven Strasburg were able to keep them in check the first two games for the most part. You know, as much as Anibal Sanchez and Patrick Corbin are good pitchers, they are a step below the Scherzers and Strasburgs of the world. And the Astros jumped on them. Uh, they outscored the Nats 19-3 to in these last three games. They dominated in all facets. 34 hits the last three games. I mean, they're hitting with no one on. They're hitting with everyone on. They're hitting home runs. They're hitting timely singles. I mean, they're, they're doing everything. And obviously, Max Scherzer going down with his back and neck issues and not being able to pitch really, really you know, set the Nationals back. But, I mean, the, the guy could barely move. I don't know how you expect him to rotate yeah. on the mound if he can't even turn to face a reporter. <laughs> and this is a guy who's pitched through plenty of injuries before, so it's not like he's some soft guy. It sounded like a serious issue. Hope, Hopefully he gets healthy as quickly as possible with no lingering issues. But, yeah, it's definitely a bummer when a guy of that caliber kind of gets taken out for off the field and, and injury issues. It was, and, and I really didn't think that Joe Ross actually pitched all that poorly. Uh, I yeah. just gave up two home runs, and, you know, you go back and look at the Jordan Alvarez home run, that was not a bad pitch. It's on mm-hmm. the outside corner at the knees. Jordan Alvarez is just so dang big and strong, he can power that pitch out to the opposite field. Then Carlos Correa, I mean, for all intents and purposes, Joe Ross struck him out. The umpire missed the call. And then Craig comes back and hits a home run. I mean, it's not like even the two bad pitches Joe Ross made. Again, the first one wasn't really a bad pitch. That was just a really nice piece of hitting by Jordan Alvarez. And then he got the job done against Carlos Correa, and the umpire blew it. But we see good teams bounce back from missed calls, and the Astros were the better team. I mean, coming into this series, we knew that. And that's why I initially picked them to win in six, which is now a possibility. I definitely wavered a little bit after the Nationals won the first two, knowing that potentially they'd have Scherzer and Strasburg coming back. But Scherzer going down changes that dynamic. And again, you knew this Astros offense was not going to stay down for long. And they busted out in time to uh, potentially save their season. 
Yeah, so the Nationals outscored the Astros 17 to 7 in the first two games. The Astros came back and outscored Washington 19 to 3 in the last three games. So that's basically been flipped on its head for you. Uh, I'm curious if you think is this more a factor of Strasburg and Scherzer just not being on the mound when these bats wake up, or, or do you think Houston's bats have solidly woken up? And would you feel confident in them going up against Strasburg tomorrow? I think the last time the Nationals lost a Steven Strasburg playoff start was in 2017. So they've done pretty well with him on the mound lately, as you detailed in a story last week that if you guys haven't read, Strasburg has seemingly come into his own as a pitcher. Uh, over the past couple of years, and it's now, I mean, one of the most dominant pitchers in the game. Um, would you be at all concerned that Strasburg's just going to do it again and we're heading towards game seven? Because I know your pick was Astros in six. I'm rooting for a game seven. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think everyone who loves baseball wants to see a game seven. Yeah, I mean, to answer your first question, again, Patrick Corbin and Anibal Sanchez are good pitchers, but mm-hmm. we're not the Scherzer-Strasburg uh, Scherzer, level. Scherzberg, that'd be a, a hell of a combination of a pitcher. That'd be fantastic. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, again, it's a little bit of both. The Astros are taking better swings. Not that they were having terrible at-bats their first two games, but uh, we've just seen just better all-around performance from them. And some of that is them. Some of that is the pitchers they're facing as well, not being quite the same elite level. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, moving forward, you're right. I, I don't think you can ever say you like a team's chances against Steven Strasburg. But on the other hand, the Astros have Justin Verlander on the hill, game six. And even though Verlander has struggled in some of his most recent World Series starts, you still are going to feel pretty good about your chances with Justin Verlander on the mound. You know, I mean, I, I can very realistically see this one going either way. We need to see if the Nationals' offense can kind of rediscover itself a little bit. Again, you would have thought, hey, they beat. Garrett Cole and Justin Verlander in the first two games. And they really did a good job against Zach Greinke as well in, in game three. Uh, he didn't make it out of the fifth inning, but give Jose Urquidy a ton of credit for going out in game four. And yeah, I was going to bring him up because I feel like we haven't touched on him, and that's a performance I definitely feel like we need to talk about here. I mean, this is a name that I, I would imagine outside of, of many Astros fans that people are still kind of familiarizing themselves with as far as casual baseball fans are concerned. I mean, how impressive was that game four performance from him? It was incredible. We talk about World Series heroes uh, emerging every year, and then this was one. Uh, if you listen to our Fantasy Hipster podcast, uh, Matt Eddy identified Jose Urquidy as a sleeper for the Astros as far back as uh, I believe it was May. I mean, this was someone who really put himself on the map this year at AAA. I had Jeff Luno talk talking about him. I think coming into the year, everyone expected it would be Forrest Whitley or Corbin Martin or Jamie Bukowskis would be the guys that would come up and help uh, from AAA because the Astros were going to need that help. Well, Whitley went backward. Uh, Bukowskis and Martin ended up getting traded to the Diamondbacks for Zach Greinke. And here's Jose Urquidy, who, who was a top 30 prospect a few years ago. Uh, you know, it wasn't like he was someone who was a total nobody, but again, he – was Rule 5 eligible last year, went completely unpicked, had had Tommy John surgery the year before, mm-hmm. coming into the year had not pitched above A-ball. And I even saw him in spring training and wrote in my notes. And as a starter, I think I had, I don't know, 88, 92. I mean, it's spring training, so he's still building up a little bit. Mm-hmm. But there's nothing, you know, overly extraordinary about him, but kept getting better. He started throwing harder. I mean, the command, the poise, it really developed. Talking to managers at AAA this year, um, you just couldn't, 
get enough good things said about him, his ability to pitch through very difficult conditions in the Pacific Coast League with the Major League ball. And we saw that moxie in the World Series on the biggest stage. I mean, the guy looked like he'd been doing it his whole life and looked like it could have gone longer. Five innings, 67 pitches on the road, game four of the World Series. I mean, just just two hits, shutout, five shutout innings, four strikeouts, didn't walk a batter, and then turned it over to the bullpen and let them kind of finish out the game. So, I mean, maybe all you can ask for from him in that position, but I I believe he's the the first Mexican-born pitcher to get a World Series win since Fernando Valenzuela. I think I believe that's yes. correct. Correct right, right, me if I'm wrong, Kyle. Yeah, no, he is. He's the first Mexican-born pitcher to get a World Series win since Fernando Valenzuela, only yeah. the second all time. Uh, Jaime Garcia got close in 2011, mm-hmm. didn't quite get it. So, yeah, no, it's it's a tremendous accomplishment for for Jose Urquidy. And mm-hmm. you know, I, I thought that Game Four was going to be pivotal. I, I did expect the Astros to win Game Three, although I expected Granky to pitch better. Um, but game four, you, you thought, hey, if it's a bullpen game, the Nats uh, are throwing in Patrick Corbin. We thought it'd be Animal Sanchez, but they flipped it around. And you know, Patrick Corbin versus a bullpen game, you, you think that is edge nationals. But uh, the Astros jumped on Corbin early, and, and Jose Urquidy came up big. And that's what October is all about, big performances from, from unexpected places sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So now kind of looking forward, unless there's anything else you want to touch on uh, kind of looking in the past to, to wrap up the series, I think looking forward, the big question is, do the Nationals have a shot now? Obviously, they have to win both. With Strasburg on the mound, you would think anything's possible. And then with Game 7, not sure if uh, Scherzer's going to be able to pitch at this point. If he is able, you would presumably like their odds in a Game 7 against Granke, who, like you mentioned, hasn't really been himself during this postseason does Washington have a shot or do you think the Astros are going to kind of wrap this thing up? I mean, they absolutely have a shot. Anytime Steven Strasburg is on the mound, you have a very, very, very good shot. I think a bigger thing is going to be, can the offense wake up a little bit against yep. Verlander? And we'll find out. And also, it's not just Verlander. The Astros bullpen has been great. We talked about they held the uh, Nationals to three runs in those three games. Zach Greinke was out uh, before the end of the fifth inning. Jose Urquidy was pulled after five. I mean, the bullpen has also shut this offense down, having to go four innings or more in games three and four. So that's what's going to be the key, is is the Nationals offense finding itself again, finding the rhythm that that saw them really just jump the Astros in games one and two. Uh, To me, this is a 50-50 proposition who wins this game. I honestly don't feel comfortable making a prediction. Uh, Again, my pre-World Series prediction was Astros in six. And I guess, you know, kind of stick with that because it's still in the realm of possibility and don't want to jump off it now. But, I mean, Strasburg and Verlander are two of the best pitchers in baseball. You can see this one going either way. It's a 50-50 proposition. Again, maybe just the Astros bats finally having woken up, their bullpen being stronger. That would give them an edge. We saw the Nationals not go to Madsen and Doolittle in game four when it was still a 4-1 game uh, because they wanted to save them for a potential lead in game five. But it didn't work out that way. And when you don't have enough bullpen arms, you, you kind of fall into that trap. I mean, yep. Bregman's grand slam broke that one open. and that's He's – He's a player I kind of just want to highlight here because, I mean, I feel like the first couple games, I mean, we talked about it before, the Astros as a whole really weren't hitting that well. But kind of him waking up, I feel like, has to give you a lot more confidence if you're a Houston fan. I mean, we saw what he did during the regular season. He was one of the best players in baseball, National League or American League. So kind of his emergence now, I mean, I wouldn't, I guess I wouldn't call it an emergence, but just reawakening with the bat. Uh, he's a player that I think is going to be extremely important for Houston in, in this next one coming up here. 
I mean, no question. This is a guy that's either going to win American League MVP or finish second American League MVP voting. And getting him, you know, we saw him hit the home run in game two. That was kind of like that first sign of, okay, maybe it's coming around. And <laughs> seen it really come around these last couple games. And you're right, he's key. Springer has really turned into his usual October monster as well these last couple of games. Michael Brantley's been hitting all postseason. And by the way, Robinson Chirinos, if you want to talk about unlikely World Series heroes, hitting a pair of home runs. So... <laughs> The Astros are rolling it, and I think for those reasons, like I stated, rolling offense, better bullpen, you probably do lean them to win this series. Mm -hmm. Whether that happens on Tuesday or Wednesday, who knows? But I think one thing we've learned from this entire season and this entire postseason is never count the Nationals out. They're at their best when their backs are up against the wall. Yep. I think that's very well said, Kyle. I think that probably wraps it up for us today. A little bit shorter today. We will be back here Wednesday morning. Maybe we'll be talking to you about the uh, 2019 World Series champion. Maybe we'll be previewing one final game in the series. But either way, it's been a blast. Kyle, thank you for uh, breaking it down with me. As far as the Baseball America website is concerned, I think we're going to start rolling out some uh, top 10s this week. Uh, so look out for that. Kyle, is there anything on, that you want to plug that you're working on or uh, that the staff is working on? Uh, we've got you know a lot of Team USA coverage. Uh, there's a feature on Noah Song, the Red Sox draft pick, who has a two-year naval service commitment looming, but we'll find out if he's getting that deferred or not. So mm-hmm. pitching for Team USA right now might be his only shot the next two years. He's pitching really well. We'll have that and a lot more Team USA coverage. And like you said, Team Top 10 start to roll out. There's a lot of good stuff. I mean, now's a, a good a time as any to subscribe to Baseball America. A lot of fresh, unique content rolling out as we move here into the offseason. Yeah, so definitely take a look. Uh, if you've been listening to this podcast, I'll assume you already are familiar with the website. But if you're not, definitely go check it out. Uh, for Kyle Glazer, I'm Carlos Colazzo. Thanks for listening, everybody. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.